you with us tonight on the Indale at Drive. You're listening to LBC 97.3, London's biggest conversation. Now, we are going to catch up on the latest goings-on at the G8, because it's actually, it's actually closed now, it's finished. It was at Loch Urn. I don't know, did you say Loch? I think it is Loch Urn in Northern Ireland. Absolutely fabulous pictures came out of there. Whoever chose that as a venue, I think needs congratulating, because I've never seen such wonderful backdrops for interviews for press conferences. Let me introduce you to my guest. His name is Alexander Nekrasov. He's a former Kremlin advisor. We thought we'd get a Russian perspective on how it's all gone. Um, well, Alexander, welcome again. Thank you. Um, how was it for you? How was it for me? Well, first of all, I thought that uh, it was a bit rude of the British press to say that uh, President Putin is isolated, even before he was isolated. <laughs> and he wasn't isolated, actually. Wasn't he? Well, I thought he wasn't, because, you see, the problem is that America, France, and Britain they want to arm the Syrian rebels, but the rest don't. Chancellor Angela Merkel doesn't want to do that. The Italians don't want to do that, and the Japanese don't want to do The Canadians, they don't really matter, do they? So, so we have a bit of a sort of... Uh, not like can one I on... Can I just apologize to all our Canadian listeners? Of course. No, 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 I meant, that, you know, as, as a G8 son, because there is no China there, you see. Once once China is not there, you can offend anybody, basically. Why isn't China there? Why isn't it? It should be, it should be there, should it? Of course it should have been there, because China is also against... Uh, it, it has exactly the same position as Russia, and that would have been a different situation altogether. So basically what happened was that Putin was not isolated. He played his cards right. And now we have a communique saying, well, we all want to have peace in Syria. Well, guess what? You know, we, we knew that, basically, all of us. And uh, I think that, in my opinion, every G8 summit is a political catwalk. It's like the host uh, leader, he's allowed to be the world statesman. So he's saying things and everybody applauds him. The rest are trying to show unity, even if there's not none there. And basically, they don't really decide much because it's the Sherpas who decide everything before the meeting. Well, that's the case in all, all international summits, isn't it? There's nothing unusual in that. But do you think anything uh, tangible has emerged from this summit? I mean, obviously, on Syria, there was clear disagreement. But on tax evasion, there seems to have been a little bit of progress on that. This uh, trade deal between the European Union and the United States, I mean, that's something concrete. Well, there was a very strange thing about privatizing hostage-taking, wasn't it? That the governments have decided not to pay for hostages. So you imagine all the hostages who are there are being held by terrorists across the world now having this difficult time, let's put it this way. And I bet you, by the way, if they ever host take hostage a minister, oh, they will pay. They will pay whatever the price is. So that was weird. I thought the tax thing is strange as well because... So they're going to go after all the tax evaders across the world, basically, as I understand it. But isn't it a better thing for governments not to waste money in the first place? Now that's, you know, then they wouldn't have to have those desperate measures and go after everyone. Although, of course, I would say if they are going to press and get those big boys of business to pay tax, that's a good thing, although I, I doubt it very much. Well, because, I mean, it's been quite a difficulty for the Russian government, hasn't it, to collect taxes? Oh, well, uh, not, uh, not necessarily, because what Putin did, that he introduced a 13% flat tax. So even our big boys are paying, mm. because it's, 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 it's really better to pay rather than to have all the hassle with the taxmen. So I don't think it can work here. 
I don't know where it's like Paul Tex, you know. Thirteen percent flat rate. I'll take some of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let, let, let's go back to Syria because I think a lot of people in this country are rather perplexed by the Russian position on Syria. Um, why is Syria so important to President Putin? Why is he willing to arm President Assad, somebody who clearly is butchering his own people? Well, first of all, the important thing to understand is that Russia does not want Assad to stay on, you know, as, as everybody says, forever. Russia wants Assad to leave, but in a situation where there is sort of a order is, 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 is there still, and that there are talks being held and so on. So it's not like Russia wants him to stay. But if he goes suddenly, there will be chaos. Because those people who are fighting against the government, they're well armed now. By the way, I, I saw in one of the British newspapers a report that 3,000 3, anti-aircraft missiles disappeared from Libya. Now, guess where they are? Of course, they are in Syria. And that, that's, by the way, another thing about mm. Syria, is that the shadow of Libya was hanging over this summit. Well, and the other thing is that, that, I mean, I do think the situation has changed, and I don't understand why David Cameron seems to be so keen on arming the Syrian rebels. They don't need arming. They're getting all of their arms from Saudi Arabia. Exactly. That's that's the big question that Putin probably asked him during that then Downing Street conversation, mm. saying to him, you know, that's being armed. We're not arming one side while the other side. If they were not armed, how on earth would, would they have hold, uh, managed to hold on for two years against a regular army? So that's a very simple, you know, that's not a one-sided army anyway. Uh, sorry, one-sided conflict anyway. And... Uh, the point here is this, Russia wants Assad to leave as well. And our foreign minister said that several times, we are not holding to Assad. We want this, uh, uh, this conflict not to become a bloodbath. And that's the whole point of it. But always, always we can, we can hear commentators saying, oh, Russia wants him to stay on forever. No, it doesn't. And uh, as, as regards um, long-term interests, well, I can hit you back with another question. How come America and Britain are keeping the Saudis, the royal family, you know, in power when there were rebe rebellions against them, they were smashed immediately and so on? It's the same situation. These are strategic interests of all nations. And when I hear people saying, well, it's Cold War days back, well, it's not. These it, are national it, interests it, being could, defended. It could be, though. This could be a sort of almost a war by proxy, couldn't it? I mean, that's what, I don't know if you saw in one of the newspapers at the weekend, it may have been the Daily Mail or the Mail on Sunday, there was a big two-page spread about how this could lead to World War Three. Now, I think that was a fairly apocalyptic uh, I think prediction. it's actually quite possible, because really? I wrote an article myself on my own website uh, saying that this can lead to Third World Three because the reason being is that Israel is very vulnerable. Imagine if Syria just starts to break up and there's going to be chaos, and there's going to be Al-Qaeda units armed with, well, all sorts of weaponry. But Israel cannot defend itself. What if the nuclear weapons will come into force, I mean, into play? I think it's a quite a possible scenario. It's a terrible scenario. I'm not saying it's... And I hope that probably Mr. Putin did mention this this poss possibility to Mr. Cameron and others. Do you think this so-called peace conference is actually going to happen? Um, I. I I hope that David Cameron was talking about arming the rebels as a sort of negotiating tool to get President Assad to come to some sort of peace conference, but there's no date set, we don't know when it will be, we don't know who's going to take part, it all seems a bit nebulous. I don't think there will be a, a peace conference uh, in Geneva in the next several months until they all get together in the U at the UN, because um, 
There's, there's no basis for it, because once America and Britain said they've used the chemical weapons, they've crossed the red line, the rebels now will never talk to anybody. They're waiting for those weapons. Yeah. And that by, th by saying that, they basically wiped off that uh, chance of uh, having this conference, maybe after the General Assembly, maybe. And um, what, what difference do you think the new Iranian president is going to make in any of this? Well, that's a good question. I don't know if anybody knows, actually. I mean, my, my gut feeling is that he's exactly the same as the rest. Oh, he seems to smile quite nicely, uh, well, which is a start. <laughs> well, it is a start, of course. But, uh, you know, looking at the Iranian politics and when the supreme leader is still there and all the boys from the National Guard, whatever they call themselves these days, they're still there. Revolutionary Guard. Revolutionary Guard. And, you know, they, they control like something like 50% of the economy. I doubt it very much that they will allow him to do anything at all. Now, I was right that you have upset the Canadians. Colin says, as an expat living in Canada, I must say that your commentator owes an apology to all Canadians. To claim that Canada, a country with a more stable economy than any other G8 country, <coughs> excuse me, none of our banks needed any bailouts, doesn't matter at the G8 is silly, whether in reference to Syria or economic matters. Right, okay, well, let me put this way. Maybe I, I put it in the wrong wording, because Canada is a wonderful country. My friends live there, and they say they love it. They do anticipate, uh, by the way, a financial crisis coming, because uh, that guy who is now going to be the Bank of England's governor here, he did some things that might work you know, to mm. not to their benefit. Yes, he's coming a couple of weeks. He's going to turn up, Mark mm. Carney. Mm. He's going to he's going to shower the banks with money, so wouldn't he? Is he? Well, that, well, that's I, what I, they're I saying. Hope, I hope he doesn't, because I think that would be an absolute uh, disaster. But uh, the point the point is that I, it was not about Canada. I was talking about. I was talking about the prime minister. And by the way, his name always escapes me. I don't know whether you know his name, Stephen. Okay. Help. Well, well, let's call him Stephen. He's Steve. a young man anyway. Well, isn't that terrible? And, uh, I don't the, know. The point is that uh, the problem is here that I didn't really mean Canada as a nation. I meant that does Canada really is big? Is Canada bigger than China or India uh, when it comes to the economy? I don't think so. And and the point is that I was only implying that when you have the G8, the biggest, most industrial country, industrialized countries in the world. China seems to be like asking to be G9 or something, even if Canada stays on. Uh, because everybody basically is used to the, the, the Canadian well, we, have, we, we have a G8, we have a G20, why not a G9? Um, Alexander, thank you very much for joining us today. That's Alexandra, Alexander Necrosol. I changed your sex there for a minute. Oh, good. Alexander Necrosol. <laughs> well, it's not good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Former Kremlin advisor. I think I'll quit while I'm not ahead. It's 7.16. And in the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre, it's Ross Powell. Thank you very much, Ian. Looking first at the North Circular. Still two lanes closed on the southbound carriageway between the Barking Flyover and the junction with the Beckton Roundabout. It's due to an accident. These two lanes have been closed for several hours now. Delays are going all the way back. back